Father, we just thank you that we can just gather around your word at this time. Lord, we thank you that your word's a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path. You guide us and lead us and encourage us and inspire us. And Lord, today, uh, we just pray that we just have a fresh appreciation of you at this Christmas time. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're going to start reading from Luke chapter 2. And uh, it's the classic Christmas passage. And it says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to, in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. Uh, she wrapped him in a clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. There will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. I don't know about you, but Christmas time is a really, really, really busy time. And all the mums said, yeah, oh me, oh my. And, um, but it's also a time where we can just uh, reflect, and, and at Christmas time, uh, I, I remember back especially to great childhood memories. How many can remember their childhood Christmases? You know, I, I remember the good times, I remember the bad times. Man, one of the things that always sticks in my mind was my aunt who lived in Australia sent me this absolutely fantastic um, electric train set. It was, oh, it was absolutely incredible. But I ended up bawling my eyes over it because uh, when someone said, you know, didn't you get a great train set for Christmas? I said, that's not mine, that's daddy's. <laughs> my father spent the whole time playing with it himself. <laughs> Just a warning, dads. So what were you guys like as kids? Good, naughty. I hear a naughty in the front row. Yeah, as I as I think back, um, actually my my teenage years and Christmases and everything else, man, I was a bit of an experimenter. Uh, well, well, actually, I was really a mad scientist. Uh, Mum bought me all all the chemicals that I wanted, so I made fireworks, I made bombs. I burnt my hair and my skin off on numerous occasions. I 
irreparably splattered uh, the ceiling of my bedroom with a mixture of black manganese dioxide and corrosive 100% hydrogen peroxide. I, I blew all the fuses in our home when I plugged in an ill-concocted electromagnet. I mean, how I didn't kill myself, I don't know. I, um, Dad had these um, metal Z things, and I just got some bare wire and wound the bare wire around the Z, uh, wired up a, a plug and plugged it into the mains and just turned it on. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> there goes all the fuses. Man, I did some crazy things. But the, the reality is, I had a great appetite for uh, building and exploring and making things tick. And, and that's why I love dissecting God's Word. Uh, because in it, every day, I discover fresh things about God. In Lamentations 3.20, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I don't know how many times I've read through the Bible, um, probably over 50 uh, times. And every time I read it, I find something new about God. Uh, just this month, I was um, looking for inspiration for today's sermon, and I found that there were seven prophecies concerning Christmas. I thought, wow, that's, that's amazing. Uh, you'd have to look them up for yourself, though, or wait till next year to hear about them. Because God began to speak to me about different things uh, for this morning. And I know there are traditional themes of peace and, and love and all the rest. But I just want us to take a step back this morning. And I want us to think about God and who He is. Because really, He is the focus of Christmas. Uh, the, the two great events that are the cornerstones of our faith are the birth and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they both teach us about God and who he is, what he's like, and, and, and what he does. Um, the psalmist said, who is he, the king of glory? Psalm 24. And that's a great question. Uh, in the passage that we read this morning, the shepherds are out minding their own business, and suddenly the whole sky is lit up. And an angel of the Lord comes to them, and then behind the angel, uh, the heavens just open up, and the heavenly hosts are there like an incredible choir uh, singing praise and worship to God. And they did this, they sang glory to God in the highest. They did this because of who God is and because what God had done. And basically, he's awesome. He's incredible. His awesomeness is all around us, and it's demonstrated in creation. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I always like to think of it as when, when it says God created, it's from God, through Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. And it's interesting that in Romans um, 
uh, it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what He has made, so that men are without excuse. Have you ever got out in the country and just looked on a starry night and thought, wow. So, any, any of you ever been down to Tekapo? To the, um, uh, I, I think that they've made Tekapo an um, international heritage site, haven't they? For, um, because there's so little light at Tekapo, the, the heavens uh, are just so, so, so easy to be seen. And when we look at creation, when we gaze into the night sky, we're supposed to think, wow, God, you are absolutely awesome. Look what you've made. One of the most sung hymns of all time happens to be a paraphrase of Psalm 8. Uh, it was written by a Swedish pastor in 1885. After this pastor, coming home from church, he gets caught in a thunderstorm. And there's thunder and lightning. And he just looks up at the skies and thinks, this is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely awesome. And so he pens this song. I was looking for various versions of this that I could um, play for you th this morning that um, might uh, inspire you. And I came across a version 39 years ago when the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh were visiting New Zealand. There was a command performance in St. James Theatre in Auckland. And um, <coughs> the late Sir Howard Morrison um, gave a bilingual version of the famous song, and he sang it to the Queen and the Duke. And so for all you oldies, I thought I'd play that for you this morning. Have a look.
Ariki, Uri Noki to Horangatira, Namihiotea, Yakuru. Apiti Hono Tatai Hono, the Hungamatagi Arato, Apiti Hono Tatai Hono, the Hungoriki to Hungora, Kakoto to Hungora, Kaku Tangatata to Kato. Because that, that bilingual version um, became a signature tune for um, Sir Howard. <coughs> oh. <coughs> oh, Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the roaring thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Have you ever just <coughs> gazed up at the stars and just thought, oh, they are absolutely amazing. Uh, I was really fortunate that... Um, at school at Limfield College in Auckland, one of our science teachers was uh, Lionel Warner, was a famous astronomer who wrote uh, a number of books on the stars of the Southern Hemisphere, etc. And, um, and as a class, we entered the uh, Auckland Science Fair and basically built a model of the uh, Earth <coughs> going round the sun and all its moving um, parts that we won. Uh, that year, but it really piqued my interest in, in astronomy and, and amongst other things. And when you take a closer look at the heavens, uh, they are just amazing. I mean, we use <coughs> centimetres, <coughs> excuse me, centimetres, <coughs> metres, and kilometres as our measuring stick, but to measure what God's made, <coughs> we need to use a system called a light year, which is the distance that light travels in a year. When God said, let there be light, light came out of his mouth at traveling at 310,000 kilometers per second. That means that in one year, light will travel 
9.8 trillion kilometers. Okay? So in a little while, we're going to see a, um, a short uh, video clip, and you're going to see some light year measurements. So just think of it as nearly 10 trillion kilometers as one light year. Uh, Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. And um, <clears throat> if we have a look at sizes, uh, just to give you an idea, so if the earth was about that size, then the sun would be from this Christmas tree to, to the pulpit. All right, so if the earth is like that, the sun is like that, just to give you an idea of how big the sun is compared to the earth. But what we're going to see is the sun is just infinitesimally small compared to some of the other things that, um, that God has, has made. There are about 80 billion galaxies in the viewable universe. So let's have a look at uh, this um, quick comparison, and you will be amazed, and don't try and take out too much details. Just try and get a picture of the enormity of the size of the whole thing. Okay, guys?
How big's the universe? It is incomprehensibly big. It is absolutely mind-boggling big. I mean, when you had a look at, say, at the size of some of those stars, I mean, I couldn't put it all in one line there because you, the Earth is so infinitesimally small compared to some of those um, big stars. You just, it just wouldn't fit on the same, uh, on the same page. I mean, God created that all. Uh, what are the heavens saying? The, the heavens are saying, God is huge. He, he's awesome. He's absolutely crea- incredible. He's created. Every time we look at the stars, we should just go, wow. And the more I study creation, the, the more I'm uh, amazed. I mean, my, my degree is in biotechnology, but I can't even figure out bioengineering-wise how God can make a, make a wetter. Or a worm. I can't, I can't even figure out how he can make an acorn that grows up into an oak tree. I mean, it's, it's, it is mind-boggling when you have a look and see what God has made. Psalm 8 verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when we see the stars, when we see God's creation, when we see the awesome things that God has made, made on one side there should be a, oh God, you are absolutely, absolutely, absolutely awesome. So when you pray, be respectful for who he is. I think in recent decades with the move to introduce us to Father God, which is absolutely fantastic and which is absolutely um, totally necessary, I think we've lost, in some respects, the awesomeness and the reverence for God. I mean, when you see who God is, he should scare the hell out of you. You should be absolutely, absolutely too scared to step outside God's boundaries because he's, he's the one that holds the whole universe together. He's the one that gives life to everything. He is humongous. And yet, the amazing miracle is that even though we are like a speck of dust in God's universe. He has created us in his image. And he says that we are the apple of his eye, the very center of his attention. The God who breathes out the stars, who said, let there be light, and there was. 
the one who put the stars in their place and created the very universe, that God made us. We have been fashioned and formed and fearfully and wonderfully made and we are absolute walking miracles. And not only did he make us, but he loved us so much that when we disobeyed him, when we walked away from his commands, when we turned our back on him and walked out of his presence, he reached out to us and sent Jesus. The Jews were expecting a king. I mean, no wonder, with all of God's splendor and all of God's power and his majesty, when they looked at their dealings with God in the past, and when they recalled the miracles and the way that he intervened in the affairs of um, man, no wonder they were expecting a king to come and deliver them and conquer and set them free from the Roman world. No wonder they were expecting a king, but God sent himself in the form of Jesus the one through whom the universe was made, he allowed Jesus to confine himself to the human form and be born a baby in a manger in Bethlehem. No wonder people were confused. But Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That is the miracle of Christmas. That the God of the universe loves us so much that he sent his Son Jesus to be with us. You know, when you realize what God has made, you recognize that nothing is impossible to him. When Jesus came, he brought salvation, the opportunity for us to be saved from the consequences of our disobedience to God, and he brought us peace. And peace, God's peace, is not dependent on peaceful surroundings. It comes from within, and it's a consequence of us being reconciled back to God. It's a consequence, peace is a consequence of our relationship with God being healed. When we know God, not just know about God, but know and experience Him as our Heavenly Father, then His Peace surrounds us because we know he is with us and anything that we might face in life, we face with him and his strength. Let's have the musicians come, please. Isaiah 9 verse 6, prophesying the birth of Jesus Christ, says, For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, 
mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And Colossians 1 verse 19, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Why don't you stand with me this morning? So this Christmas, take some time to look at the stars, to meditate on how huge they are and how amazing God is, this King of glory. And then think about Him wanting to know you and help you through life.